Welcome to Word of Mouth, where dentists talk about how oral health is related to overall health, which is also known as the oral systemic connection. The information provided on this video is not intended as medical advice and should not be interpreted as such. If you seek medical advice, please consult with a healthcare professional. Also, the information in this video represents the thoughts of the individual speakers, and the views expressed in this interview do not necessarily reflect the views of the IAOMT. Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Edwards, and I am sitting here with my new associate, Dr. Haley Frymiller. Actually, not new. Haley has been with us almost a year. Yeah. We're at the IAOMT conference, and we're here to talk about biological dentistry, its benefit to ourselves personally, to our patients, and also to our practice. So Haley is a dentist who has been with us just about a year now mm -hmm. at our practice in Vieira, Florida. And Haley, I wanted to ask you what it's been like for you to, well, why don't we start actually with a little bit of your history. I graduated from the University of Florida in 2014. And I'm, I'm from Florida, I'm a Florida native and never seen snow. And so I wanted to kind of get out of Florida and see some seasons. So I ended up at Ohio State University and did their general practice residency program and was able to treat special needs patients and hospital patients and just fell in love with treating patients that are often overlooked by other dentists. And so then I ended up staying there for an extra year for my chief residency year. And during that year, the dean of the dental school asked me if I would be willing to go to Memorial Sloan Kettering and do a dental oncology fellowship and then return back to Ohio State University and open a dental oncology clinic there. So that was kind of the path that I, I traveled on and went back to Ohio State University and opened the clinic. And I, we were only open for about six months when I decided I couldn't take any more winters. So I moved back home in 2018 and a couple months later, I was invited to go to a study club with my dentist that I grew up going to and you were there and I knew you were looking for an associate and I'd been told ahead of time that you were a holistic dentist and I was honestly not quite sure how I felt about it. I was, I'd never been exposed to any, any of this world of dentistry or medicine or any of it. And so I was hesitant, but you were such a, a, a friendly person and you invited me in and made me feel welcome and I saw your office and you were not doing any voodoo-y procedures. You were doing the highest quality dentistry that I had ever seen working with top-notch technology and so it was just nothing like I was expecting it to be. And now that you're including me in this world and helping me further my career here, with going to conferences and learning more about it, I've just been extremely surprised by how much literature there is that's supporting all of this because in mainstream dentistry, I feel like a lot of times my faculty members would kind of poo-poo this as just saying like, these, these people are kind of crazy. So that was kind of my perception before this and it has not, it's been the complete opposite, I think. It's interesting that you look at the scientific method Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and we're trained in dentistry that we want to be evidence-based. Yeah, it was hammered home throughout and we dental really school, want this, residency, fellowship. Exactly, we want the science. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting in my own journey of biological dentistry, which has you know been over ten years. Uh, 
I have become jaded to science. When I have really, you know, when you really dig deeper, you realize how much of the science is twisted and manipulated. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sort of skeptical somewhat of science, but I really believe that biological dentistry is the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and this IAOMT is really based in science. That's what I like about this organization, mm -hmm. is that they really are, they wanna be, stand behind what they say and what they teach. Yeah, I agree. So tell us a little bit about uh, the patients in biological dentistry that you know you have encountered in, in our practice. So the patients have been some of the most educated patients that I've ever been able to interact with. And it's actually almost sometimes easier to communicate with them because they've already done all of the homework. They probably know what I'm gonna recommend before I recommend it. And so I feel like I'm less having to convince people that you need to take care of your mouth, this is why it can impact your entire body. And these, these patients, are they've already convinced themselves of that, and so they're there to get treatment done. They are the most compliant patients that I've worked with. They follow through with treatments that are recommended. They do their home care. They're just, they're a, a wonderful group of patients and very open-minded, and they've taught me so many things that, I mean, it's like a continuing education course every day with them. I totally agree with you. I can't tell you how much I have learned mm -hmm. from my own patients, and some of them are so smart. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it becomes a back and forth, a, a give and a take with the patients and, right. you know, and, and working together yeah. synergistically to, to try and get to health. Right. We're really a team, yes. us and the patients. So tell us a little bit about some of the technologies that, that we use that are that you found interesting, some of the biological technologies. Yeah, so ozone's the first one that kind of pops into my mind because when I first learned that you were doing it that in the office, I was just like, hmm, I feel like ozone's, I've only ever heard about it, it's like the ozone layer of the earth. And, yeah. and so I, was, I wasn't sure how that could apply to dentistry, what implications that can have in my everyday treatment. And you were generous enough to take me out to an ozone conference pretty soon after I started with you. And that was kind of when my mind started to make the change from, okay, biological dentistry isn't this realm full of weird people who believe strange things. This is stuff that is well-documented and studied and has been shown scientifically to have like good effects for us that we can use as treatments for our patients. So using it when we're doing a, a cavity prep and we're getting close to the nerve, we can ozonate the tooth to help decrease sensitivity. Um, using it after we do our extractions to kind of take all of the bacteria and kill as much of the bacteria as we can in the socket of the infected root canal tooth that we just took out. So that would be one of the biggest technology things that I think we're using that most mainstream dentists don't because I think really they just don't know about it. That's it. so true. Is that you know you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And uh, you know, and you've been so open to learning. You know, I've seen that. I've seen you flourish mm -hmm. in you know in the, these months. And yeah. and this is now your first IAOMT conference. Yeah. And tell me how you're feeling. Oh, my mind's been bent. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, before coming here, I was still very unsure about how I felt about fluoride. I know in, in our office, we don't really push it at all. 
Uh, I work in another office that's more insurance-based. It's a more traditional dental office, and all the times the assistant, all the time the assistants come to me and they're like, "Well, this patient's mom doesn't want fluoride," and I'm just like, "Whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, if they want fluoride, great. I'm, I'll give it to them. If not, but after seeing some of the presentations here and seeing the the studies that the ADA quotes for fluoride safety and efficacy, and it's just it blows my mind that there's not the science behind their claims that I've always been taught that there ha there was. So that, I don't even know how, how to put it into words, how much that makes my mind think, well, what else sure. have I been taught throughout this whole, like 13 years of education in dentistry, like that is false. Yeah, there's know. so much more to learn. That's, that's the exciting thing about the IAOMT is that Every time you come to one of these conferences, there's such a, a, a wide range of, mm -hmm. you know, presenters and topics, mm -hmm. and the camaraderie of the different people that are here is wonderful. They're yeah. uh, they're all on that same journey as we are, in not only fixing teeth but really helping patients get healthy. Right. And some of the rewards that we get as biological dentists are just so heartwarming and yeah. and they really they make it worthwhile they do because dentistry is not an easy profession what we do is challenging yeah. you know and and i agree with you that the biological patients are the ones that are the most appreciative mm -hmm. and uh you know and i'm i'm so happy that you have joined our staff mm -hmm. yeah and Me uh too. you know and uh and you're following this path mm -hmm. yet i think that you're doing it in a, in your own way where you know you're learning yeah. You know, that there is science behind this. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, I feel like I'm doing my own research outside of our time together and conferences to mm -hmm. make sure that what I'm hearing is supported by my own research. Mm -hmm. And so far it has been. Yeah. So what would you say to other younger dentists or newer dentists as a, you know, a way to put their toe into the water or, you know, consider it? I would say just have an open mind just because it's what we learned in dental school or residency doesn't mean that it's written in stone and is 100% truth. I mean, we were taught by humans and they were taught the same things and just because it was something that we learned in school doesn't make it true. That we're constantly progressing and learning new things about mercury, about fluoride. I mean, it's, it's a whole evolutionary process that we need to just stay up with the current research and I mean, right now the current research is saying that some of the, the, the things that we're doing can have detrimental effects on our patient's health. So if we just embrace that and follow that road, I think that that will kind of start to lead you down the path of, of just what dentistry can be and how we can help our patients yeah. in more ways than just filling cavities. And one of the things that's been most impact, impactful for me is that I have really learned that I can influence my own health. Mm -hmm. and, and for myself, my journey really started where when I moved to Florida, which was about 17 years ago, and established a new practice, became involved in a sort of a holistic community and had a functional medicine doctor who I started going to, with, to uh, as a patient. And when I got tested for mercury, I was at 99%. Wow. You know, and I was, my eyes went, wow. But of course, I came from the days when 
we didn't wear gloves. Yeah. And we would mix the amalgam soft, which was with more mercury, squeeze the squeeze cloth with little balls of mercury would, would fall out and, onto the carpet. And, uh, yeah. and sometimes in a big filling, we would shove it in with our finger. I was like, <laughs> so, uh, and I placed mercury fillings and I believe strongly in it. As a matter of fact, I can think back to my practice in Hawaii where one of the first patients that had the, his mercury removed and had resins placed and they were all failing. And, I, and I, I was so stern with him that, you know, that we had to put mercury back in his mouth. And, and I did the mercury fillings that lasted, yeah. but we've seen dentistry progress so much that, you know, that now we know that we have alternatives. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, I cut it out of the mouth. Besides putting it in the mouth, I cut it out of the mouth unhealthily right. for 25 years. God. And, you know, uh, and so, you know, for, my, for myself to find out that I was mercury toxic, mm -hmm knock on wood, that I was not symptomatic, you know, because I think I have a strong constitution. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that started me on a journey of really learning about how do I treat myself? How do I go ahead and, and, and start getting the mercury out of my own body? Mm -hmm. and, and how do I now help my patients? And how do I protect myself? And that's where the IAOMT, I think, really shines in that they really are about creating an environment in the office that is conducive to health and conducive to protecting us, you know, us, the dentists, us, the team that work with us, yeah. as well as our patients. Yeah. So for me, that's been impactful. And, uh, and one thing that I wanted to say to, you know, to prospective members is that I think that the idea of becoming a biological dentist is a unbelievable practice builder in that, you know, as, as we have evolved in biological dentistry over the years, and, uh, and actually I went ahead and in my journey to learn more, you know, took uh, Malika and Harris's naturopathic course. So I'm actually a naturopath, uh, doctor of naturopathy at this point. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much in that course, which you know, you got a little sense of yeah. yesterday when uh, Phil talked about, you know, the cell membrane and the matrix right. and the space between the cells. And, and I tend to think that the biological practice is the answer to fee-for-service mm -hmm. because these patients are the ones who want to get healthy yeah. and they're the ones that realize that their insurance is not going to pay for it all right and they're happy when it pays for some of it yeah and they're the ones that are searching us out that we are getting patients who are calling us because we are a biological practice and patients that are driving literally hours mm -hmm. and and i would recommend to anyone who is interested in becoming a biological dentist that you are going to get the benefit of having a practice that will be Will will grow itself by the patients will come to find you. Right, and they'll be they'll stay loyal also because I think there's dental offices popping up on every corner, and what makes you special? Well, you're a biologic office that has similar views as the patients, and you're not calling these patients crazy when they come in the door saying they have a sensitivity to composite or bonding agent or whatever it may be. And so I feel like these patients feel accepted in our offices. Amen. Amen. And, and so many times they feel 
you know, disrespected mm -hmm. in so many other places. Yeah, I've and, heard that several times, and I've only been at it a year. Right, and you know, and I've I've found that a lot of these patients have become my friends <laughs> because we're sort of in the same you know camp mm -hmm. of of health of looking at you know what is important to be able to you know to do in our own lives you know as far as taking care of our mouth yeah. and and our whole bodies mm -hmm. and i think that as time has gone on we've only realized how much more important oral health is yeah to systemic health and i think that that word is is gotten out there to the public you it know has. the, the I fact think that's, that people are recognizing it finally yeah so uh yeah. well i'm so happy that you have you know joined our staff and you. and and you know and i i tend to think that it was encouraging to have the young dental students here today. Mm -hmm. And we sat at lunch yesterday with young dental students and they were paying attention. Yeah. And you know, and I think there was a group of almost 30 of them that were at the lectures today and I think it's a great thing. I think we as a prof as a biological organization yeah. really need to get the word out and to get the younger dentists mm -hmm. to uh, to join in, and uh, and and I, I see you as being a leader. In this, and you know, and that you know, you're, uh, you know, you're young and just starting the career, and are already seeing the benefits. Right. And I think it's interesting for you in that you work not only at our practice, but you work at a conventional practice, mm -hmm. which is you know, sort of a, a private practice. Yeah. And it's not a corporate dentistry. It's not a corporate. It's a very nice office. And you know, and uh, you know, and and they're an insurance-driven office. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel I feel for the insurance-driven dentist because. They're being squeezed. They're being squeezed on, on two ends. They're being squeezed by the insurance company, yeah. which is cutting their fees and, and dictating the treatment that they, they can do. Mm -hmm. And they're being squeezed on the other end by the corporate dentistry. And in our area, we've had, in the last three years, so much corporate dentistry has come in because we're in a growing area of Florida that's, right. you know, the Space Coast that has a lot of, you know, new businesses have come in and, you know, uh, we're booming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the corporate dentistry is saying, hey, this is where we need to come because these people all have insurance. Right. And uh, they put on a good show. So mm -hmm. I feel for the private, the regular private practice dentist. Yeah. And, you know, they're, uh, they're on the hamster wheel, as Dr. Frank Spear would say. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, the biological practice. Tell us about the time that you get to be able to spend with a patient. I think that's one of the things that's that we talked about on the plane up here. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts is I get to actually sit down and talk to my patients and get to know them, get to know their priorities and kind of what's driving them to seek dental care right now, whether it's to get healthy or, I mean, there's so many reasons patients come in. And so I can actually sit and identify those reasons and form a, a personal relationship with them aside from just coming in there having them open their mouth, let me take a quick look around because I've got two other patients in the other room waiting for me and three hygienists that need a check. So it's a lot it's less stress on me. I feel like I can give the patients my undivided attention. It's one-on-one -on -one time. And I can just be more thorough with my treatment planning and think things through. And it's, it's just a lot less rushed. I feel like patients get better treatment just because I have the time to do the better treatment. Absolutely. It's all about diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't have the time to diagnose not only the condition in the mouth, but to diagnose what the patient really presents with and what their hopes, their dreams, their fears are. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I, I know that that's something that makes the end of the day 
when we go home that we really can feel like we've made a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think patients also appreciate that we're not just focused on their mouth. We're looking at how their mouth is also playing a role with the rest of their body. And they were talking yesterday about asking patients about how they're sleeping and about bowel movements. And I'm like, these are things I don't think I would ever really ask, but it makes sense because I mean, we, we know that the mouth is connected to the body. And if you're having disturbances in other areas of the body, the mouth can be playing a role in that. And so we're not just treating the mouth, even though that's where we're physically treating, but it can have consequences, good and bad, throughout the rest of your body. Absolutely. And patients so, like that overall approach, and I think that's the right approach. Sure, and having them understand the relationship of the microbiome, which is sort of the new buzzword, mm-hmm. and the effect that that microbiome can have on disease and health. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that microbiome in the mouth is part of the master microbiome of the gut that goes through us mm-hmm. and how important that gut is in our overall health yeah. and how important that gut is in our oral health. Mm-hmm. The communication between the two is huge. Huge, yeah. And I think that that's a really good tool that we use in our practice is when we do the live plaque analysis, we show patients on the microscope that there actually are little bacteria that are swimming around in their mouth. Then we, we show them physically, because everyone has heard, as you said, like it's the new buzzword, everyone knows about the microbiome. But to physically see it and see it come out of your mouth is very powerful, I think, for patients. Uh, absolutely. It, it, it's, it, to this day, it, it continues to amaze me. Every time I look at a slide and see yeah. bacteria darting across a stream so cool. and, and spirochetes moving and mm-hmm. you know, uh, single-celled organisms, and yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah, it's a you great know. motivator for patients. It is a great motivator, and it's educational, too. And, you know, and, uh, so, and it is. It's the, that's the microbiome that, you know, in a way sort of is controlling us. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and if we can make that, we used to think that bacteria was so heinous and we had to kill all the bacteria Mm -hmm. and we've really come to learn that we need to nurture the good bacteria. We gotta groom the microbiome. We gotta groom it, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, and make it so that it, health becomes natural as a result of that. Right. So Haley, let's talk a little bit about mercury. Yes. That's one of those things that you were trained in dental school was the standard of care. Yeah, especially for special needs patients. um, A lot of times you can't get great isolation, so mercury was the restoration of choice. Never heard anything about taking any special precautions when removing mercury. So when I came to your practice and I saw you guys wearing masks and draping patients and vacuums and suctions, it just, the the image that kept coming to my mind was that scene in ET where there's spacemen in just like white suits coming and everything's contaminated. And I was just like, this is over the top. Like, what the heck? And the first time I wore a mask with the patient and had everything all set up, I felt kind of silly. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. But mm-hmm. then as you kind of led me down this path more, I learned the reasonings and the rationale behind it and started seeing some of the literature about just what mercury, like it's not as innocuous as I've been taught that it was. And so now when I met 
my other, my more traditional office and I have to remove a mercury restoration. I'm like holding my breath as I'm doing it and trying to not breathe it and not to get too close because I, I really appreciate now all of the precautions that we're taking. I feel like it's better for me, for the assistants, for the patients, for the earth. I mean, we're taking measures to make sure that this isn't going into our environment. And we live by the Indian and Banana Rivers and it's a huge issue right now with contamination. So I think just taking these, and they're very simple steps to take. Like right. it's not it's not anything that, now, now that I know, I don't feel like it's anything that's over the top. It's all very simple and has huge benefits for our health, for the earth, and I just don't know why this isn't taught. It's amazing how well the patients accept it too, aren't they? Yeah. You would think at first like you're wearing these respirator and you're, you're, like, you're like a bug. Yeah. And that, that they would be like freaking out, but mm -hmm. they understand, they get it. They do, and I try to kind of go through with patients what's going to happen before we get to that point so that there isn't any fear or apprehension or like, what the heck is this? So patients, I think, are prepared for it and we explain the rationale of why we're doing this and they really appreciate it. And how many patients are coming because they want safe mercury removal? So many, it's so like, many. That's, that's one of those practice builders. Again, mm -hmm. by learning these skills, you will have, the patients will be hunting you down. Yeah, and patients are smart. I know when I first started, they were asking me questions. They were like, well, do you use, are you using latex rubber dams or nitrile? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, does it matter? It's a rubber dam. <laughs> and yeah, it matters. It does matter. These patients are very well educated. And so I feel like I need to know my stuff because I don't want patients to know my stuff better than I do. So it's been a good kind of motivator for me to learn more and the more I learn the more I want to learn because it's just changing everything that I've learned in dental school right so. and being a biological dentist doesn't take away what we've learned in dental school you know no. as far I mean, as the ability to help patients with restoring their teeth and, yeah and getting we're their doing dentistry and, we're still doing dentistry it's not right. it's not like we're applying weird salves on patients teeth and filling them with weird com composites that are just nobody else has ever heard of. I mean, we're doing top-notch dentistry still with materials that other dentists would be envious to use because it's all the top brands that we're using. I mean, we're not doing weird stuff. We're just kind of taking what's already been there, applying the most current research to do it as safely and effectively as possible doing as least harm to our patients. Mm -hmm. and, and ourselves. And protecting ourselves. Yeah. Well, Haley, thank you so much for sharing your journey of becoming a biological dentist. I have a great mentor. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. You know what, it's, it's, uh, it's my pleasure to help teach you just like we're teaching our patients because I think that's mm -hmm. part of it is that we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and we're, we're serving our patients, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that's, you know, what a blessing. Yeah. I, I look at it every day as a blessing mm -hmm. in my life that I can actually help and serve others. Yeah. You know, and, and through that, we're serving higher power, you know, and uh, so uh, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and, and learning about the IAOMT and, and being on the Word of Mouth podcast. And for our listeners and viewers, 
To learn more, you can go to wordofmouth.iaomt.org to view this and other great podcasts that the IAOMT has produced. This podcast has been brought to you by the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, the IAOMT. The IAOMT strives for safer dentistry and a healthier world. We are a network of over 1,000 dentists, health professionals, and scientists who research dental products and practices, including the risks of mercury fillings, fluoride, root canals, and jawbone osteonecrosis. We are a nonprofit organization and have been dedicated to our mission of protecting public health and the environment since we were founded in 1984. You can learn more about us at www.iaomt.org and www.thesmartchoice.com. The information provided on this video is not intended as medical advice and should not be interpreted as such. If you seek medical advice, please consult with a healthcare professional. Also, the information in this video represents the thoughts of the individual speakers and the views expressed in this interview do not necessarily reflect the views of the IAOMT 